I know a lot of people want to pray the right way, right? We would love, some of us would love structure, yeah. lists, here are the things to pray for, here's what you shouldn't pray for. Yeah. And often we're not given rules for prayer, we're given no. guidelines, we're given directions. Yeah. But outside of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus very rarely tells us, pray specifically for this thing. That's true. But I want to look today at one of the places where Jesus does say that. He says, yeah. all of us should be praying this prayer. Yeah. And I think if you if you don't, you're missing out on something very big about God's heart yeah. and about our calling as Christians. So we're yeah. in Luke chapter 10, and I want to just read this, and then uh, we're here with Ben Hartel. He's going to kind of help us dig into this okay. and see why this is so important. But Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, and the, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Yeah. So what is Jesus talking about in this passage? He's talking about a lot in, uh, in one short verse here. Yeah. Um, I guess first thing we would say is what is the harvest? Um, what this is referring to, of course, is you know, lost people, lost souls, people that don't know Jesus, people that are disconnected from God. Um, one of the other things that we see here is that it's big. It's a great harvest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of people, a significantly large number of people across the world who don't know Jesus. Yes. Very large harvest. And we also see who's involved in this. And that is what the text refers to as a laborer or a worker. And that's referring to Christians, to disciples of Jesus, to servants of the Lord. Um, and the laborers, one of the things we find out about them is there aren't many of them. Yeah. Um, few. Um, the, the issue is that everything's kind of out of balance. There's this huge harvest and mm -hmm. a very small amount of workers or laborers um, engaged in it. And the prayer is to ask God to send more workers out into his fields. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very simple in that way. Yeah. And I mean, I know for me, I, I've, you know, had gardens in the past. Yes. Haven't recently, but whenever I go to harvest my crop, mm -hmm. right, it, it doesn't take much. doesn't right. take, you know, my, yeah. my kids might help me, but uh, even that I don't really need their help Yes, because it's such a manageable harvest. Yes. So here, yes, he's speaking <laughs> something yeah. so big, so vast right. that he's saying the main problem is there's not enough laborers That's to right. go out and gather it in. Yeah. And so the emphasis, the weight is on praying that God would create more and send more yeah. laborers out into the field. Yeah. So this is this is a really important one. I think one of the big problems that we have is that we don't really believe the harvest is that great. Yeah. I like the picture that you gave about the garden too because we have a garden and we were actually yesterday picking zucchinis and green beans and you're not kidding, it's not that hard of work. Yeah. With uh, you know, my wife and my daughter took us a few minutes, but if we had blocks and blocks and blocks worth of garden, we would look out there and go, how can we ever get this done? Yeah. We'll need more people to help us. And yeah. there is a huge harvest, and there just is not many laborers that are in the harvest. We should pray that God would send more. He tell, Jesus tells us to. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen a lot. You know, I'm reminded of this passage very often because I've seen recently some of the ways that God's bringing people to faith mm. at Gospel Community Church. Yeah. In in first of all, in California, mm -hmm. right? Which I mean, across the world, yeah, it's kind of known as that place is hopeless. Yeah. Don't go to California. <laughs> go to California. And then we we really do live in one of the most California of the California cities, right? For We're sure. not in like a, you know, like Bakersfield or right. you know something that's a little more kind of run of the mill. No. We're in a super liberal area. That's right. 
And yet I'm talking to people all the time that are coming to faith in Jesus. Sometimes yeah. it's a friend brought me to faith and sometimes it's literally, yeah. I, after being totally pagan in the mm-hmm. world, I decided to open a Bible and read it yeah. and come to church on my own. It's amazing. I'm like, man, if, if that person is coming to faith, there's a lot of people that are questioning, yeah. that are desiring to yeah. know about Jesus. The harvest really yeah. is great right it's now. It's great. It's unlimited. There's, there is no limit to the size of the harvest. Yes. None. Absolutely. Well, well, well tell us some more about this, right? So so what else does this show us about following Jesus and, and about this? Like, why is it such an important prayer for us to be praying? Well, I think uh, it's a command, first yeah. of all, because we could always say that, right, that Jesus... Because Jesus said it, we should do it, and that's true. Um, but there's also an urgency to it, right? There, there's a harvest at stake. If you take your uh, illustration about a garden again, I guess, and I'm not an expert at it. We just grow like some tomatoes and zucchinis and stuff. But if we had so much to harvest and there wasn't anybody to do the work, eventually we wouldn't get to all of it, and it's not just going to stay ready for yeah. the harvest. Um, you know, there's a big gap. And I think the, the idea here is that um, we, we need prayer. We need to pray and ask God to do that. And God has to move. Part of our role is prayer and, and I suppose educating people and asking people to, to come be laborers. Um, but there's something that happens when we pray and that God moves in the heart of somebody to send them also into the harvest. Yeah, that's good. And, th- and it's a reminder of, just how many opportunities are, are out there. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely someone who tends to see things in terms of opportunity. I yeah. get excited about different things we can do as a church in the future. Yep. Yep. Got all, all kinds of plans, all kinds of dreams. Yeah. But the key to all of it, outside of obviously of God's, God's working, right? Yep. But the, on a human level, the key is going to be, do we have people yep. who are fit for the task? Yeah. That everything else seems to fall into place. Yeah. If you have the right people, yes. You know, leaders that are actually going out risking everything. That's right. To do that harvest work. Yeah. And um, you know, it's why, you know, I get really excited about training people up. I get excited about our church yeah. seeking to train people up. But do we pray for this? Do we do we ask God yeah. to give us the right people at the right time yeah. to take on those opportunities? Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because the prayer is specifically for workers or laborers, too, not just like attendees, for example, or yeah. people. Um, it's possible for us as Christians to be a part of a church, to be a member of a church, probably even, um, to attend a church regularly and not be laboring or working in the harvest, in in the harvest fields in the way that we're, we're talking about. So this isn't a prayer to bring more people just for numbers to a church or something like that. It's a, it's a prayer for people that are committed to be faithful to the gospel and taking the gospel to the world around them, beginning right where they are right now. Yeah. And we need to pray for that. We're told to pray for that. That's good. That's good. It also, I think, teaches us a lot about who God is, right? That God is a, a yeah. sending God. That's right. Well, where do we see this same idea in scripture that God is sending people? Yeah, I think... Um, John 17, mm-hmm. um, uh, the high priestly prayer. Um, you know, Jesus says, the Father sent me, I send you. Um, the Great Commission, of yeah, course, of right? Course, yeah. I mean, go into all the world, take the gospel to everyone, everywhere, to the ends of the earth. And even in Acts 1, they were to start there and then take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That was the, the instructions for the, for the first church. So 
um, God is, you could say, a ascending God. Um, Absolutely. This isn't something where everything is to be gathered in one spot and held on to. It's to send people with the gospel message to the yeah. ends of the earth. And I think of uh, it's John chapter 20, right, where he says, as the Father has sent me, so even so I'm sending you. Yeah. Which is, a, which is an amazing statement, right? So yeah. Jesus was sent into the world with this mission, and now he's saying, I'm sending you in the same way, yeah. after the same yes. model. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this constant repetition of that, or even, you know, you see in, in Matthew, uh, or sorry, in John chapter 8, I believe it is, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and then in, in math in the in the uh, um, the you know the the speech the Lord's uh, or the Sermon on the Mount, Mount. Yeah. that's what I'm yeah. you know it doesn't always work you know getting from the head to the mouth but yeah. in the Sermon on the Mount he he says right you are the light of the that's world right. and so he uses that same identification for himself for us yeah. to say essentially you're supposed to do this mission that I've given to you right so I mean what an amazing thing that God would send us into the world yeah to fulfill this mission that yeah. Jesus Christ has started. Yeah. And obviously he's done the, the heavy lifting, yeah. <laughs> to and say it, the least. In, in a way, I mean, in some ways, our mission is the same. Like it's to leave behind certain other things. We leave behind our old life. There's sacrifice involved mm-hmm. um, in following Jesus and then going out to the world and proclaiming the gospel. Um, and that that's this uh, verse comes um, after kind of a discussion that Jesus had about that as well. Um, about you know leaving some things behind um, to move forward as a disciple of Christ. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So I've asked the question: Why is it important to pray this prayer? Right? You said it's it's a command, right? Yeah. And obviously God's the one who yeah. actually can provide yep. what we need here. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't create these people on our own. Um, but second, why don't we pray this prayer more? Yeah. What is it that keeps us from praying this prayer? I mean, I think there's a lot of things we might just be ignorant to it. Somehow it's been a part of a passage and we just didn't pay that much attention to it, maybe. Um, I think it's possible that we could be disobedient to it because there's a cost that we know that might come to it. Or maybe we're afraid if if I pray for God to send labors into the harvest, that might change the way that he calls me to do something. Yes. And that might get difficult. Yeah, he might um, He might take your future in yes. his hands. He might my money, muster your time, your money. Time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like different things that you might say, well, if I'm going to pray this, then yeah. I'm going to have to actually get behind it. Yeah. Or, I mean, how many of us haven't prayed that the prayer of, I'll serve you, God, anywhere except yes. for this, yes. except for in that task? Yeah. I definitely never thought I would be a church planter. Right. Uh, I did not yep. think that was what God was going to call me to. Yeah. But God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and I think too, it's like uh, if we're if we're already actively serving the Lord, you know, whether that's volunteering at the church that we're a part of um, or serving the Lord in some way, we're working and laboring. Um, for the Lord, there's a reason that it says workers and laborers. It's hard work. Yeah, um, yeah, serving the Lord can be hard work. It's full of joy and it's an amazing privilege, but it's also hard work. But if we're not already engaged in some type of service to the Lord, it may not click in our head to pray for others to also become engaged in the work and in in the harvest field. So that's good. Yeah. So with this one that we should be praying. And it, it sounds like a lot of this, right, is maybe because of our own heart toward the lost as well. Yeah. That even though um, at times we will, yeah. you know, pray, we will evangelize, yeah. that often it's not foremost in our heart. So how can we pray for compassion and love yeah. for people? I think 
we could start by praying and asking God to change our hearts, mm-hmm. um, asking God to help us see people the way Jesus sees people. Um, in the Bible, it talks about in uh, Matthew 9, when Jesus saw people, he had compassion on them. Um, it says in Matthew, part of Matthew 9, that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, plentiful but the workers are few. Um, Jesus has deep love for people, and he sees people as more than work um, or just a task or something like yeah, that. He cogs sees in the machine. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a number, something like that. They're lost people, and I think it helps for us to remember what our life might have been like before Christ. Um, we talk, we've talk, been talking about remembering who we are in Christ and how that shapes um, our prayer. So I think all of that that stuff is really important. But we need our hearts changed. Yeah, you know, for I think that's good. Change. Yeah, because with this prayer, you could be tempted to think, okay, God just He's got His stuff to get done. He wants yeah. us in the task. Yeah, get to work. Yeah. Get off your five minute break. Right, no unions. Yep. you know, work, 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 <laughs> yeah. whatever it might be. But really, I, I think. God can accomplish the task by himself he can. and he chooses in his grace yes. to invite us into it because yep. it's the greatest imaginable joy yes. we could have, right? Yeah. To be on the winning team, Yes. to be, even if you're a bench warmer, right? You're sitting on the bench for the championship right. team that's going to take it all. Yeah. And so when he invites us in, it's as a sign of grace and love yeah. toward us. And so yep. for us, it should be the same, right? When we call someone, when I ask you to preach at the church, yeah. I'm not just like, man, I want to, slack off and not do my work. <laughs> I really see it as an honor. I think you understand that too, yeah. that you get to open yeah, God's word and do this absolutely. amazing work, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's an honor to ever be called into the yep. service of the master. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's, there's so much uh, we could talk about in this passage, but I think just, just in a basic level, right, we should be praying that our eyes would be open, right? That we yep. would see accurately the harvest that's yeah. around us yep. um, and that we should do everything we can as a community, as a church community to see people raised up yeah. to enter into the harvest. Yep. So all of us are called in some way. Yeah. Some of us are called with our entire life, right? Yep. In our career and everything. Yeah. But let's, let's make this as God's commanded by Jesus. Yeah. Let's make this a prayer um, in our own personal lives and for yeah. us as a church. Yeah. And to be involved in the work, is there anything better than being um, used by the Lord and seeing somebody's life transformed by the gospel in some way, whether mm-hmm. you prayed and, the, and somebody else was sent or you were involved in seeing somebody come to the Lord, it's amazing.